0: Welcome, folks. Podcast today, May 17, 2016. Today we're we're rouletteing the Netflix again. We're spinning spinning the Netflix wheel to see what comes out. Last time I did this, I had to watch Agent Fox. It was a terrible, terrible film on pretty much every conceivable level. You can go back and listen to that episode. It is episode 17. Go back and listen to podcast today, 17 worst animated film ever, (laughs) because it was really terrible. Seriously, it's the worst. Uh, today, we're going to spin the Netflix wheel again. And hope for better results. I, I hope it doesn't go quite as badly. I'm, once again, I'm not going to put any settings. You can limit the, the settings. You can change the all the other stuff to make it so that you don't get bad films. But that's that's cowardly. I will watch a bad film if I get it. And roulette. Oh, X-Men. It's as if it knew. Because X-Men Apocalypse is out tomorrow. I actually think you're going to see... Days of Future Past in a cinema tonight. God, thank you, Netflix, for that. What it, I hope you I hope it's not like reading my mind. Cause you know that would be that would be an invasion of privacy, Netflix for that. Yeah, X-Men, the two thousand the two thousand film, the original X-Men film. The film that really made superhero films a thing before Marvel's first attempts at superhero films tried to kill the entire genre. I'm looking at you, Daredevil and Hulk, terrible films. But yeah, I'm gonna watch X-Men. And I'll be right back. With my extensive thoughts on X-Men. Puts, 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 puts. Welcome back, X-Men. That's what I just watched, and it is—that's a really good film, as as like first attempts at real superhero films go, because there wasn't really a major kind of superhero franchise before that. And as first attempts go, they kind of nailed it. What stuck out more than anything was how brilliantly they casted it, because Patrick Seward as Professor X and Ian McKellen as Magneto were perfect. They were perfect pieces of casting, even as two actors who have tremendous chemistry to bounce off one another in a way that sells that relationship, because Magneto and Professor X kind of have a very complicated relationship, where they're friends, but they're not really friends. It's it's not that they're enemies, it's that they just have opposed worldviews, but they, they care for one another in a weird kind of way, which makes for an interesting relationship. It's not just like, I'm a bad guy, I'm evil. And I like how they kind of embrace Magneto's past Like, the film starts in a concentration camp, which is fairly vital in informing Magneto's worldview, that he's seen what happens before, he's seen what happens to segregation before, and segmenting out a portion of society and treating them with a great deal of cruelty. And that's the reason Ian McKellen opposes doing a similar thing with mutants in the modern day, because he's seen it before, and he doesn't want to see it again. And that's, that's a very mature approach to storytelling, I'm sure. I'm, I'm not a big comic guy, but I, I assume that does go back to the core of the Magneto character. But they didn't shy away from that. They made it a central part of the character. And of course, Patrick Stewart as Professor X is perfect. He even looks like Professor X. It's like he was born to be Professor X. He looks like the, the comic character. I'm not a huge stickler to, oh, you, know, you have to have him look like the character. But, you know, when you get Patrick Stewart, who literally just looks just like him, it's perfect. And Hugh Jackman. I remember reading sometime last week that people were mad about the casting of Hugh Jackman originally, because Wolverine isn't actually that tall, and Hugh Jackman is quite tall. He's a large man, in a number of ways. And he was actually relatively unknown. No one knew, really knew who Hugh Jackman was. He wasn't like this big Hollywood star. You, Australian guy, want to be Wolverine? He's like, yeah, and now still going on 20 years. It's been 16, but by the time the Wolverine next Wolverine film comes out, it'll be 17, which Hugh Jackman has said will be his last film, but we'll see about that. But he's played that character for 17 years. It's a long time to play one character, and uh, by now he's he's a superhero sensation. He's kind of the core of the franchise. They've built the vast majority of the the X Men universe, this film universe at least, on top of Wolverine, probably to a fault almost, because there is a lot of other characters there that you can do a lot of interesting work with, particularly Halle Berry's Storm, who Halle Berry is a very good actor and she's she's a good Storm. But they never really did anything with her, <laughs> even in like Days of Future Past. She's just kind of a background player, and in this, she's just kind of a background player. Basically, for the whole series, she's a background player. Frankie Anson and James Marsden as Gene Gray and Scott Summers, or Cyclops, if you will, were great in that role. And then even, like, Tyler Mayne as Sabretooth. You know, he he's a good Sabretooth. Leif Schrieber is probably, at least visually, a, a better Sabretooth, but, you know, he did the job. Leif Schrieber, who replaced them in the, the prequel films. Not, I don't think Sabretooth has been in any of the um, non-Wolverine related films, has he? I don't think so. So I'm interested to see if they actually brought him back in. Would they be Lee Freeber? And of course, the likes of Anna Paquin as Rogue, Sean Ashmore as Bobby Drake or Iceman. Stan Lee has a cameo, of course, because Actually, I actually think this might've been the first film that had the Stanley cameo. There might've been a few before that. I love that as like a Marvel film institution. I love that even like the Fox films do it and the Sony films do it. And of course like the, the Marvel studio films do it themselves or it's like Stan- Stanley, we're gonna put him in every film. He's 93 now, he's getting up there. He's Not a young man anymore, but I'd be damned if he's not in all of these films and TV shows and spin offs and <laughs> everything, he'll be in it in some way. I like that as a, a touch. It's interesting, actually, to go back and watch that original X-Men film, because Mystique, who is played by Rebecca Romijn, who, if you've watched The Librarians, which is a delightful little fantasy adventure romp based on the the film starring Noah Noah Wiley from Eeyore, she's in that too, but Mystique is very much a, a kind of background supporting player in these films, as opposed to the prequel trilogy, which is... First Class, Days of Future Past, and Apocalypse, which is out tomorrow. As opposed to the prequel trilogy, where Jennifer Lawrence's Mystique is, in many ways, probably the leading character. And I think in Apocalypse, she, she is the leading character. Especially when the likes of Magneto and um, Professor X take a bit of a back seat. It's, it's her that comes to the forefront, which is interesting. That At least that kind of differentiates the two trilogies from one another. Taking out the Wolverine films, of course. And the Wolverine films aren't bad. Well, the first Wolverine film isn't great at all. But I, li- I like the Japanese rompy wolverine film i wonder is it just because they got jennifer lawrence right before she became a really big deal and they're like wait we locked her into this mystique character because i think they had her to a three-film contract and they're like we locked her in let's let's get the most out of this whole mystique thing while we have jennifer lawrence tied down to a contract and then jennifer lawrence is like oh i'm not going to play mystique anymore and then she's like oh i will play mystique and then it's like okay They built the universe around you, you might as well. Also revisiting it, having just seen Captain America Civil War twice, it's interesting to see that the themes in this film are broadly similar to the themes in in Captain America Civil War. The Marvel Universe has moved to the very same area that the X-Men films covered. The idea that mutants are, are dangerous and they're a threat to society and they should be monitored and controlled and segregated and all the other things you do to people who you think are dangerous and you don't like. Obviously that has, has very real world parallels these days when people fear broad groups of people based on stereotypes or acts of extremist individuals. Very tiny percentage of those individuals are extremists, but, you know, or are dangerous, but they're tarred with the same brush, and that's very much the the themes of this film. Professor X is like, oh, humanity can change, and it can evolve, and then... Actually, that was a great line. There's some a lot of great lines in this film, but the, the, the best one probably is, like, Professor X and Magneto are having a conversation, and Professor X is like, humans have evolved in the last 50 years, Eric, and he's like, yes, they have. Into Us. And that's Ian McKellen delivering that line. So it's awesome. Also the line where Rogue asks Wolverine, does it hurt when his claws come out? And he just kind of grimly stares into the straight ahead. It's like, every time. It's like, badass. Wolverine's a badass. This film was directed by Bryan Singer, who directed all of the good X-Men films. <laughs> which is... Well, not all of them, actually. He didn't direct um, First Class, which is a very good film. And Apocalypse hasn't gotten great reviews, but the reason I've seen it hasn't gotten great reviews is because it's kind of action smashy which i i don't like dismissing that kind of thing out of hand because a lot of the the other Men films have been kind of smaller, thoughtful films so you know if they want to go big and destroy some stuff for a film i'm okay with that but we'll see how they go when i actually watch the film brian singer directed and it's interesting it's a very assured touch it's a lot more confident than like the, the angley hulk film is or the daredevil film is <laughs> or Electra or all those other pre kind of Marvel Cinematic Universe Marvel films, which were very hit and miss, even the Spider-Man films. One and two are pretty good, three is dreadful on every level, but I never really liked Tobey Maguire as Spider-Man, so. Whereas this film is very confident, it's very kind of well-structured. It's not particularly long, which I find interesting. It's only 104 minutes, so it's only an hour 44, which is is an interesting contrast to the current generation of superhero films which are all slowly ticking up toward two, two and a half hours. As Captain America, Civil War and Batman vs Superman were both actually two and a half hours. And, and god, the next set of Avengers films is probably going to creep closer and closer to three. But this is, it was a nice little roulette surprise to throw me on the day before X-Men Apocalypse comes out. Maybe it's marketed, maybe they've, they've been co-opted by the film studio. Or it's just a random stroke of luck that got me to watch this first X-Men film the day before the latest x-men film comes out i'm looking forward to the x-men film even some reviews have been alright. again most of the reviews i read didn't like the kind of smashy smashiness of it but i'll i'll give it the benefit of the doubt until i actually see it so i'm one for one on one on netflix for that agent fox dreadful x-men good film thank you for listening to podcast today for today May 17, 2016. You can hear new episodes every day on soundcloud.com forward slash You can hear new episodes on YouTube or on iTunes. You can hear me all over the place. Get in touch, garricadian gmail.com or garricadian on Twitter, GA or ETTKDNY. Thanks for listening. Bye bye. I want to be the best there ever was to beat all the rest. Yeah, that's my cause. Electro, Diglett, Needle you Mankey, a Radata, Firo, Pidgey, Seeking. Jolteon, Dragonite, Ghastly, Ponytop, Vaporeon, Poliwrath, Butterfree, catch'em, catch'em, gotta catch'em all, gotta catch'em all, Pokemon, I'll search across the land, look far and wide, release from my hand, the power that's inside, Venomoth, Poliwag, gold, Inner Golduck, Ivysaur, Grimer, Victreebel, Moltres, King, farfetch Jigglypuff, Rhyhorn, No! Again, I, I I got literally two Pokemon further, actually didn't get any Pokemon further, I got past Jigglypuff, and I left out Kingler. <sighs> I actually felt good about that one. I thought that one was going well until I skipped Kingler. Because I do know it. I, I, again, I knew there I, I skipped Kingler, but... Nah. Tomorrow. Tomorrow will be the one. I still, ha- I still haven't gotten past the second verse. There's another, like, seven verses to go. This is going so well. <laughs>